Welcome to Natalia Benz in the podcast. I'm an astrologer, women's empowerment coach, and modern mystic living in Los Angeles. My podcast is here to inspire, encourage, and remind you that everything and anything is possible. I love sharing with you the tools that have healed, transformed, and up-leveled my life. Everything from astrology to magical money, life purpose tools, mindset shifts, and pragmatic mysticism. Thank you so much for being with me, and I look forward to seeing you in the show. Hi, my angels. How are you? Thank you so much for joining me on another week of Natalia Benson, the podcast. I'm so deeply honored, as always, that you are here with me. And thank you for tuning in. Love you so much. So, Uh, Today's guest, Christine Gutierrez, is so magnificently powerful. She just released a book this week, her first book ever, called I Am Diosa, and Diosa means goddess in Spanish. And this is a journey to healing deep, loving yourself, and coming back home to the soul. And... um. Christine came to me in like a very magical way. Like just, we got connected on email and I took a look at what she's up to and just her essence and the way that she shows up in the world. And she's just such a deeply powerful woman. And this, I was moved to tears multiple times. Christine is a Scorpio and just like her, her essence is so deep and so pure and she's so she's just on a mission and it's you know I have I will be so transparent it's been some of you maybe have been with me for a little while on the podcast or maybe you're really new but you know this this podcast I started it in 2018 just talking into like an iPhone headset and um just talking to myself and speaking about things that I felt that could could serve you and and guide you and things that have really served and guided me throughout my my life and especially stepping onto the spiritual path so to speak. And it's been really powerful lately because I I think I mentioned this to you recently but we get I actually just had to change our protocol of how we allow like podcast guest requests because it was like overwhelming my team, um, which is saying something. And that's such a blessing. I think that I also see podcasting as a really empowering platform, um, especially for just diverse opinions, diverse content and um, perspectives outside of like mainstream media and even outside of your scroll on the Instagram or Facebook or whatever you're up to. And it's been really powerful because even just today, I interviewed an exquisite, exquisite woman named Monica Parikh. She'll be on the show soon. And I just like had a moment after, and this is how I felt after I sat with Christine and um, interviewed her, just like, wow, this is, you know, just to remind you that you can build and create anything if you know that you have something to say and that you want to serve. I feel like, I don't know why you're here. Um, like I, I, maybe it's the astrology, maybe it's you, whatever you, I pray no matter what the reason you're here is because I serve you in some capacity. But I think that you may be here and you tune in with me consistently and you connect with me because I'm so, I'm in my heart and I'm doing this from my heart and and my soul. And again, you know, you can always DM me and, and let me know why you're here and why you tune in. But I, the reason I bring this up is simply because it's amazing how something can grow when you are coming from the heart and when you just really want to serve instead of like an approach that someone tells you, you just listen to yourself and you know that you want to serve, you know that you want to make people feel better. Whenever people ask me about life purpose um, and they they make it really complicated in their minds and I always am just like, well, how do you want to feel in your heart? How do you want to make other people feel? 
How do you want to, how do you want to feel about life and how do you want to make other people feel? What do you want to invite them into? What kind of feelings you want to invite them into? And I feel like what's been so exquisite is the women who have been coming forth to be on Natalia Benson, the podcast. And as you guys know, I have, I used to not have any guests, so this is very new and I, and I suddenly have turned into an interviewer and I love it. My Gemini, my Gemini placements and all my Aries planets in the third house, Gemini ruled house, absolutely love it. And it's just been exquisite, just the women who've been coming forward. And Christine Gutierrez is one of them. And I know that you will receive so much from this episode and you will learn so much. Um, We move through everything around like trauma healing and just really taking like full accountability and awareness of, of who you are and your past and who, what, who you came here to be, how to fully step into your power to embody your diosa, as Christine says, embody your, your goddess and, um, and be in your goddess energy, your goddess power. So exquisite. And I'm so grateful to Christine. And I wanted to do this little, just, you know, um, hopefully not, not, not a digression, but just, an exploration because it, it has been powerful to me to kind of witness how this podcast began from just a little iPhone mic headset and my computer and talking to myself. And this year it's really grown and expanded in ways that I don't even think I could have imagined and really further serving my intention to cultivate a space for women's empowerment and to cultivate a space for unique and diverse voices and um, to create a conscious platform. So just as always, my darlings, thank you for everything. Thank you for your support. And if you joined Christine and I for are live on my IG live. I'm going to announce the winner um, who will receive a free copy of Christine Gutierrez's book, I Am Diosa. And our winner is at You Wanna Be Justin Taylor. So at You Wanna Be Justin Taylor, DM me. I'll know it's you, obviously, and claim your book. And for all my babes who tune in today, go and support this book. Christine also recorded it on Audible, especially if you are moving through um, deep healing or you want to just fully own and embrace your power. And Christine, the, the beginning intro says, in I Am Diosa, Christine Gutierrez welcomes women to join her in healing the wounds from past hurt or trauma to reclaim their reclaim their worth and come back home to their true self and soul. And it's just my honor to to get. I, I feel honored that I got to have this interview with Christine and to go into this deep transmission with her. We are both empaths who have always over worried about other people and the state of the world since we were children. I'm sure many of you can relate um, and just enjoy this powerful conversation. I love all of you. I'm again, as always, just deeply grateful for your presence. And as always, if there's anything that I can improve or um, anything you'd like to contribute to the podcast, please just send me a DM at Natalia underscore Benson. And if you love this episode, please make sure to share it and tag at Natalia underscore Benson. And you can also tag our beautiful Christine. She is at Cosmic Christine. And all of this will be linked in the show notes as well, including where to purchase her book, I Am Diosa. All right, my angels, love you forever. Enjoy this episode. I'll see you soon. My beauties, I am so excited to tell you about one of the most magical, powerful, and all-encompassing offerings that I have ever created. Are you ready? The Mystical Babe Mystery School. Now more than ever, I feel that it's so important that we have a place to come together and learn. 
And through this transformational season, I've heard from so many of you that you are taking the time to go inward and focus on your spiritual, personal, and business development. So I wanted to create a really sacred space where we can all connect and grow as a community. Mystical Babe Mystery School is so special because it encompasses all of the tools to uplevel your life and cultivate inner peace in one place. It includes access to every one of my digital courses that is more than 20 courses, brand new courses that I will be exclusively releasing for Mystical Babe Mystery School three live workshop experiences with me and year-long access to Natalia Benson, the app. And that is not all. There will also be exclusive pre-recorded morning rituals for self-confidence, empowerment, and inner peace. And I will also be featuring Kundalini yoga classes taught by me and special guests. And there will be so much more that I will be creating and just pouring into this very special community. You will get access to courses and workshops on everything from manifesting and money to relationships, self-love, spirituality, astrology, wellness, and even my Conscious Babe Business School, which is essentially my conscious business bundle. If you've been thinking about starting even one or two of my courses, or if you've already made course purchases with me, this is such a special opportunity to dive in because just for the price of one or two courses, you will get more than 20, as well as a full year long experience in the mystery school with so many incredible and exclusive inclusions. All of these offerings are worth literally tens of thousands of dollars, but through Mystical Babe Mystery School, you will receive everything for $333, which is essentially $27 a month. This is such an incredible investment in your evolution amidst the change and transformation of the times. I truly believe that education equals empowerment, and I am a living, walking example of the power of self-education. Enrollment for Mystical Babe Mystery School will only be available for three days. We open on 9-17-20 and close on 9-20-20. The MBMS waitlist is open now, so I invite you to add your name via the link in the show notes. You'll get first access and you will be notified right away when enrollment opens on 9-17-20. I look forward to studying with you in the Mystical Babe Mystery School. It's so nice to have you, my love. How are you? I'm well. I'm grateful to be here. I'm really honored you're here. You have a really exciting, like you are in such a powerful chapter, no pun intended, but you are releasing a book soon. Yes. I am Diosa. Mm -hmm. I am Diosa. Tell me a bit about that. Yeah, so it's been a long journey. I've been doing this work for about 11 years and I really just poured my heart into creating kind of like a, a guide of everything that I've done in my in-person retreats and my one-on-one healings um, and take the reader on a journey of going to the root of their pain, of going to the root of their trauma, of their suffering, of their shadows, and really navigating their inner emotional terrains. And seeing, you know, in the timeline of their life, like, what are the moments that really have injured them? Where have there been thorns? And how we can go, you know, pluck them and nurture them and love that emotional wound. Because when we don't, we have that kind of bleeding into our present moment. And, um, and when we do that, we rob ourselves from the experience of, living in the way that we are meant to. And so I believe that our soul guides us and she's always there kind of like cheering us on and telling us, you know, you, you can, and you will get through this. And so the book is essentially a guide through, through the past, recognizing how it impacted your, your present and how it impacted your self-esteem, your self-esteem and your relationship with others. And then ultimately tools and resources so that you can, allow yourself to embrace yourself, accept yourself, but also make changes to live healthier. 
That is absolutely brilliant. And so in keeping with you being a Scorpio, just really doing that deep dive work and just bringing, bringing it through, bringing the truth through so we can live with more depth is what I'm hearing and receiving. Absolutely. And it's so fun because I always joke that, you know, even before I did this, you know, I'm a licensed therapist and I went on a journey to studying different healing modalities. But as a child, I was always like a baby therapist and, you know, healer. I would beg my mom to go talk to, I grew up in Bushwick in Brooklyn, and I would beg her to go to homeless people and ask them their story. And my mom would let me. And I remember um, I had this like download of this memory that came the other day where I remember intentionally as a child making eye contact with people that smelled bad, that were... Uh, obviously homeless that were in suffering or in pain because I remember knowing that if I looked at them with love that they wouldn't feel that they were alone and so you know when people often ask me like in interviews you know where did this start and before I get into the more professional and clinical I always tell people from my soul from when I was a baby that makes me emotional because my mom told me when I was little, I used to do that with old people. I'd always sit with them and stare at them till they talked to me. And I just, I love that you're like, I love that. That just like really touched me um, because that is so important. Like I can feel your soul and through your work, you're like helping you don't want people to feel alone and it's like and to feel like they have a place so oh my god that's just what a beautiful way to begin (laughs) and I don't cry often like at least in public spaces it's rare but thank you that's a beautiful gift what does diosa mean and um can you tell us a bit more about what a diosa is if this is a person or a energy or movement what's what is this word Yeah, so Diosa is the Spanish word for goddess. Mm. And um, for me, La Diosa, the goddess, is this all-encompassing energy of the creatrix of the earth. Um, She lives in everything, has always been and will always be, and belongs to no one and everyone. And so um, she is, you know, we use the kind of language or pronouns of she, but it's something that I write in the book that it is not just for this straight uh, woman. It is, the diosa is an energy that permeates through men, gay, straight, bi, trans. And so it's about activating that feminine energy um, within our bodies and and connecting to the eternal mother, the, the ma. And uh, for me, on my path to healing, reconnecting to that energy allowed me to recognize my own inner divinity and my own inner diosa. And so um, it became kind of like the blood of the work that I do and the, the kind of core messaging around returning to that space of, I always say like returning home to ourselves. How can we return home to ourselves and reclaim all the lost pieces that we lost from being incarnate in these bodies uh, but also through the traumas and experiences that we've gone through in our life. And so for me, that's what it means. And usually um, I say that a diosa is someone that has risen from the ashes. She's someone that's gone through a lot of shit <laughs> and that still has that kind of sparkle in her eye and still feels like I want to put in the soul work necessary to live the life that I was meant to live. What has informed you know your life experience um, to inspire you to speak towards this because it is so important. It is so deeply needed right now. Um, Tell us a bit about your story and and what inspired you to move in this direction. Obviously the brilliance of your being as a child. I love that you shared this Um, because I think so often, so many of us, we want to, own our voice. We want to own our power. We want, we know we have some, a song to sing, but we can feel so afraid and look at those challenges of our lives as like something to make us contract. But it feels to me like you're like, no, those are the things that make us so impactful. And 
for me personally, in addition to that, like inner soul call from, you know, being a child and doing all those things, um, I then followed that soul call and I followed those things that, that lit me up. You know, there are certain areas that I've always thrived in, I guess, and others that I've greatly suffered in, right? <laughs> Relationships were the ones that I always suffered in and, and the ones that I thrived in was really my purpose. Um, and that's just the way it is. And for some people it's, you know, it's different. And that was my karma. That was what I came into the world with. But, um, for me following that and listening to that and mentoring and teaching, and then inevitably studying, um, you know, uh, therapy, but really going through my own personal experiences with my own, uh, having a mixture of love and abuse in my childhood and then replicating those patterns because that was the blueprint that was downloaded into my nervous system. And so then I went on a journey, right? Because as us therapists call it, repetition compulsion, you repeat a a situation in an attempt to solve the original emotional injury. And so if you don't have new tools to face that wound, you're not going to be able to get through it. And so oftentimes that's why we go through these these situations over and over again. Right. And so for me, it was no different. Um, and so through my own healing and through my, I believe, uh, purpose in this life, those two kind of merged together and became this life path, right. My own healing journey and exactly what you said, I do believe that all of us, you know, every single person listening has a unique story. And I don't believe that everything, you know, necessarily was like, I don't want to glamorize things like happening to you that were horrible and, and, and atrocious and that were never should have happened to you. But if something has happened to you, then I believe that we shouldn't let it go to waste because what a disservice would it be to go through some really tough shit and not alchemize it and, and make use of it and help someone else through it. And so do I wish we lived in a world where none of us ever go through suffering? Yes. Do I, do, I, do I believe that we can start making changes to give people parenting tools so that there's no abuse? Yes. That's part of my mission is prevention. But until then, those that have gone through the things that they've gone through, let it be used to heal you and heal others. That is, that's such a powerful conversation. And, and you are speaking my heart. Like everything you say, I'm just like, oh, like I actually mute myself because LA is so loud. So I want to make sure we can hear you loud and clear. But I was just thinking about this the other day. Like I, I've been really seeking to educate myself around like human trafficking, especially and, um, and, and, and sexual abuse, uh, also moving through that in my young years, um, child abuse, not trafficking, thank God. But what has come forth as I listen to these stories, these accounts, these interviews is I'm like, why does this yeah. exist? But I love, I love what you say because it's like, do we want to live in a world that suffering doesn't exist and this darkness doesn't exist? Absolutely. But if we have moved through it, may we use it. And because otherwise it can just envelop us. And it feels to me like your work is like, let's, let's take what has occurred. And instead of turning it into something that destroys us, let's turn it into something that we can create medicine with. Absolutely. And, and in addition to that, right, like facing life, right. And being really one of the things that I most believe in, in my work um, is having a very integrative approach and a grounded approach, which means that we don't escape the body and we don't escape reality. So we're not being blinded and saying, Oh no, you know, suffering doesn't exist. You know, racism doesn't exist or trauma doesn't exist. We're saying, yes, it does. And so I need to right strengthen the container that is me. And that means doing my inner healing work to look at all the shit that I've gone through, right? Like you and I both share that, kind of history of childhood abuse, right? And so that in and of itself, we do our work to be able to strengthen our container, love ourselves, come back home to ourselves, reclaim our self-esteem and all the heavy lifting that you have to do to do that. And then we go back out there and we say, you know, how can I be uh, 
the hands and feet of the divine to be able to make a change in those areas, right? Oh my God. This this is what I love about just divinity and how it pours through our lives is we can ask a question in our minds and our hearts and then have a conversation. And it's, it feels like the answer pours through. Um, I would love to know as well, like what was the process like of writing this book for you? I, how long did it take you? I feel like a lot of women in my audience, they, as I was saying, they know they have a song to sing through their soul. And um, writing a book can feel very arduous. I just finished my first and it was deep process, deep process. And so I'd love to hear your experience, your journey and, and how, you know, this message poured through you or how rather not so much how, but how you allowed it to pour through you. Yeah. I mean, you know, the work first began in me, right. By living and being it. And so I think that's important to share because sometimes we live, you know, in a society where we want to rush that process. And so being in your experience and journeying through those, you know, nooks and crannies of your psyche and your soul and getting to know yourself and the ups and the downs, like that inevitably will be part of your message and your story. And so being very present to the season that you're in and really like soaking up where it is you are. And I, I did that throughout, you know, uh, my, my twenties and I was always writing and poems and kind of sharing online and, um, speaking to audiences. I, I enjoyed helping others. And so I, part of me sharing was in a sisterhood level. So I always say that I teach at a sisterhood level and share from my own experiences as well. In addition to being um, an expert as a therapist And so for me, that was the first part was living it. The second part was teaching it. And the more I taught it, I saw what worked and what didn't work. I saw that I had proof for the principles and the tools that I was using because I was doing it consistently and seeing people radically change their lives. Um, And that gave me great hope and data to work with. And then um, being able to, to, to take the time for me, the process like from start to finish was probably like three years or maybe even a little bit more because I had started the book proposal, which for those of you that are interested in this process, you know, doing the book proposal, getting a book agent, that's usually how it goes down if you want to get published by a traditional publishing house. And so I did that. And during the time of my book proposal, one of my mentors had taken her life and I was devastated and I was mourning and I, and I had the best and I have the best book agent who was more concerned with my soul and my well being than putting out any product. And so he was like, Christine, take your time, you know, feel whatever you need to feel whenever it's the right time, it's going to be the right time. And he just kept me so chill and trusting. And so even though I had the agent, it was kind of just sitting there. And I believe that her spirit also was guiding me to do the things I needed to do in that book proposal. And that medicine, I get chills as I say it, that medicine was part of, you know, what needed to be in there. And, and, you know, I dedicate the the final uh, part of my book. There's a poem to her and in honor of her, Psalm was her name. And Uh, And then through that process, once I felt ready and I felt like I had given myself the space to properly mourn, I was able to then pour my heart into the book proposal and then got an amazing book deal with an aligned publisher that believed in me and that felt right for my spirit, which was what I wanted most. And and then was the, the rest of the book writing. So I wrote you know, the rest of the book in a year. I, my husband was a huge part of that because he was like my secret birth, you know, book doula. <laughs> and we went to Bali uh, and I wrote a lot of it in Puerto Rico and Bali and, and some of it in New York. And again, I just, as you're speaking about your mentor taking her life, I began to cry again and I knew Psalm and I studied with Psalm. So... Oh. That's so powerful. I was like, wait, why am I crying again? Why are tears pouring through? This is just so beautiful, babe. And I can, yes, and I can feel your energy. Like it's so beautiful. And 
And it's, it's almost hard to describe sometimes when you're in the presence of another human being who just completely owns who they are. And, um, and when I say owns who they are, I mean like totally acknowledges the integration of like the soul with their mind body. And like, you really have that and it's really touching and really powerful. And I'm so excited to, to read I am Diosa and like experience, you know, your, uh, your deep wisdom through that as well. It's going to be so powerful. And yes, and I just interviewed a beautiful woman recently named Laresia Mattingly, and we dedicated our episode to Psalms. So she's definitely been coming through, which is wow. so, so beautiful. Little Bruja always making her way through. Yes, she she's is. like, don't Every- play. I'm still here. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that is so Psalm G. She's just like, yes, you. I am still with you. And as soon as we said that, this beautiful like thing in the background of your video is like moving and looks so beautiful. <laughs> Babes, wow. I want to go back to something you mentioned as well um, about the the way that I received it is like, I look at it as like spiritual integration, but how you talked about like that spiritual energy, but being grounded, being real. Can we talk about that? Because I think especially everything that's come alive in 2020, I could see from within my own process and my community's process, it can be such an easy desire as a sensitive person to want to be like, I just want to keep checking out and like, I'm not here for any of this, but that is obviously not what is needed at the, at like at this time or really ever, what is your take on that integration? And can like, we go a little bit deeper into that? Cause I think it's so important. Yeah. I think that one of the biggest terms that we've heard that's relevant for this topic is, you know, spiritually bypassing. And what that means is essentially using spirituality to bypass someone's experience, their feelings, their culture, et cetera. Right. So one of the best ways that you can stay grounded in your healing is to validate someone's emotions. So what matters more to me than getting someone from point A to point B and like being obsessed, right? The over glamorization of being happy all the time and moving it more into this space of being human and embracing the variety of our emotions. So that's a way to be integrated and grounded. And so when a client comes to me, my main goal is to, like we said when we were little kids, is to make the person feel seen. And what do you do to make someone feel seen? You hold them, you love them, you say, I hear you. I know that this is hard. I don't want to rush them through that process because I believe that their soul has a specific kind of way of healing them. And I just want to be the, the, the kind of the mother, right, to, to kind of hold space for all of them. And through that love and that energy that it will flow through them and heal them, right? And so in that way, you're not escaping anything that you're experiencing and you're not escaping the things of the world. And that's something that I talk about a lot, like the macro of the world also expressed in the kind of micro, right? So like they're constantly reflecting back to each other. And so the more that we can embrace and validate the real feelings that we're feeling, the more we can face reality, right? Because right now, 2020, what it's about, yes, the veils are falling even more, but the suffering was always there. And there was always amazingness and shittiness, always and forever. That, that's always been the case. Like, it's always been magical and always been a little shitty. <laughs> so, so, what, so what's happening now is that hopefully we're in the next up-leveling of the awakening of like, let's really get to the roots of this. And how can we say we're spiritual if we're not facing reality, right? So for me, the two have always gone hand in hand. And something that I always say is, you know, we can't say that we're one until we're all truly one and treated as one and seen as one and respected as one and honored as one. And so um, until that happens, we will keep showing up in that way. And so embrace reality doesn't mean that you say, you know, drowning in the suffering, still practice self-care, still practice, you know, your healthy coping mechanisms, meditate, pray. This is what we train for. This is what spiritual, being a spiritual warrior is about. And take time so that you can fuel up your vessel and get back out there to do the good work. 
but um, always being mindful of your own mental health, your own capacity, and being really gentle with yourself because these are times that are um, that are requiring us to to move into new um, uncharted territories. And so for anything unknown, it's normal to experience fear and anxiety. That's totally okay. But just give yourself the space to have that, maybe hire a therapist or a trained healer to help you walk you through that. And then continue to be patient with yourself. So validate, validate your emotions and, and take it easy. Would you say, babe, that being a spiritual warrior, I love this, being a spiritual warrior and a diosa, are these things synonymous or how would you say these energies like dance with one another in these times? I love that question. I mean, yeah, I see, I see anyone that identifies with the word diosa as someone that she's going out there and she's just like, I stand for the marginalized. I stand for the people that have no voices. I stand for those that suffer. I stand for those that are in pain. I stand for those ignored. And again, I keep bringing it back to what we, with that little girl, the both of us that were there, like, I see this marginalized person, maybe someone that's not you know, revered as sacred anymore in their elder years or someone who's homeless that someone just passes them by like in New York and that you say, no, I speak for you. So I believe that a true spiritual warrior is one that embraces both the darkness and the light of life and that stands up for true justice. And so it's really beautiful because we're just more connected in our humanity when we do that. That is so powerful. I just love, like, I've just been so touched as you speak. It's really beautiful. Are you ready to serve humanity in your own unique way? Are you ready to step into your power as a leader, fulfill your soul's purpose, and make a beautiful living, impacting lives, being completely and totally true to yourself and to your heart? Right now, I am calling in a group of loving, purposeful, driven, and heart-centered women to join me for MBCC 2021, the Natalia Benson Coaching Certification. I've cultivated this certification and conscious leadership training with 11 plus years of my own inner work, business building, personal learnings, and magical results working one-to-one with women. I've poured my journey into a life-changing nine-month program that begins for her second round, January 2021. This certification will give you a unique combination of the pragmatic tools it takes to up-level your own life and the intuitive knowing of what tools to utilize with yourself, your clients, and your students. NBCC includes all of the tools to create prosperity, empowerment, and resilience in a truly cornerstone moment in our humanity's history. The Aquarian Age is calling forth a whole other kind of leader to prosper and expand what it means to be alive and truly thriving. By the end of this certification, you will be prepared to lead and prosper within the conscious business you've dreamt of creating. Enrollment is now open and there are only 25 spaces available for MBCC 2021. I invite you to head to the link in the show notes to check out the full NBCC info video and information page where you can get all of your questions answered as well as enroll for your very limited space for MBCC 2021. It's a driving mission of mine to continue to guide heart-centered, conscious, powerful women into their power and into the space of business. I believe that the world deeply needs us and is waiting for your unique light and your unique expression of empowerment and love. So let's go. It's your time. I would be honored to guide you through MBCC 2021. Do you have people cry when you talk to them a lot? Yeah. (laughs) You really have that impact. It's really beautiful. And I'm very sensitive to people. So it's like, I can really feel like your heart and it's, it's like really, really magnificent. How would you say also, babe, that your culture and the way that you've grown up, how has it also impacted the um, essence and the messaging of I am Diosa of your book? Yeah, it, it, you know, it means so much to me to be, I identify as being a Latina woman, um, you know, New Yorican, uh, born and raised in Bushwick and then in Queens and then moved to Puerto Rico, which is where I'm at now. 
um, you know, I, I have always felt so proud to be um, Puerto Rican. And there's, there's real history behind why, because, um, because we were colonized and we still are. Um, and so when someone takes away your identity, you, you have to claim it more, right? And there was this joke, which before I didn't know why, but, you know, Puerto Ricans were always so big with the flags and all this stuff like pride. And we realized that it was, there was a time where they actually made us give up our flags, give up our identity, give up our language where you weren't even allowed to speak Spanish. And so there's a, I, I call it cultural confidence, right? Like coming back to honoring whatever culture you're from and really reclaiming those lost parts that have been taken. And so for me, um, you know, not only the work in the book or in the work that I do that matters to me, but me as a symbol for other Latina women to say, you know, representation matters and, and that if I could do it, you could do it because we need more diverse voices and we, we need for different stories and different um, experiences so that we can learn from one, one another, honor one another and revere one another as sacred. So it means everything to me. And, and actually I had a little bit of conflict because you know, I also am part of this world. I also have been colonized. I also, you know, my mentality, right? Like all these things. And I was scared. I was like, oh my God, what if I name it, you know, I am Diosa. And then what about my white girls? What are they going to say? They, what, they don't know what Diosa means. I mean, the subtitle is a journey to healing deep, loving yourself and coming back home to soul. But I was scared that I was, you know, because I'm always thinking about that. And not only from a marketing perspective, just for real. <laughs> and, um, and then my husband and like everyone was like, why do you care? Like, this is your work, everything. And the people that resonate with you, because I have every different kind of person that comes to me from different cultures, different ages. Yes, mostly Latinx, POC and white women that have gone through a lot of shit. <laughs> that's my demographic. That's what I always say, you know, um, that's, that's who likes me, <laughs> that they vibe, they get it, you know, and um. And oftentimes I think, you know, that, that helped me to say, okay, I own it. You know, this is my work. And so for me, it was also a claiming of, I can be myself fully, like you were saying, right? I can be myself fully. I'm going to step into this. So even naming the book was a process, but I'm glad that I arrived at that and, and chose that. Mm, because you are giving all of us an opportunity to open our hearts and our minds in like by not catering to oh will will they get this right yeah. or yeah. will this cut people out or bring or only call in certain people but by you saying no this is my truth you're like yeah. no whoever seeks to live in truth will find yeah. this and will and your heart is what matters the most you know it's the yes. intention behind it like of course my work has always been um you know it's it's, it's for the person that that feels it that needs it mm -hmm. you know but that was important for me. And I'm, and I'm glad that I got to, you know, share that. And of course, the, the medicine of my, you know, my ancestors from being intuitive and psychic and, mm. you know, the dreams and all of that was always in our family. And so I'm grateful that they, that they passed that down to me. Was spirituality or a relationship to the unseen really celebrated, like, in your family? Yes, it was. Um, they're not very, they, they're, we were raised Catholic. Mm -hmm. um, and while we did go to church and I grew up, you know, I went to Jesuit college um, for my, my undergrad. I went to Fordham, but my family wasn't strict religious. So they were very open-minded in a lot of ways, I would say for the kind of traditional Latino, they were pretty open-minded. And from a very young age, um, I had a relationship to spirit. I had a baby altar. I went to the 99 cent store with my grandma and I would put little angels and stuff. And I used my confirmation book as like an Oracle card. Like I would ask it questions and, and funny enough, I was obsessed <laughs> with my Bible, but only Psalms in the Bible. Cause it was more poetic. Yes. <laughs> so I would open it and like, so like, even though I, I always was angry. I was upset that, um, that, that the Catholicism didn't have enough diversity for women. And I remember going on strike when I was <laughs> in grammar school by myself in my bedroom and I didn't pray the Our Father anymore. I would only pray Hail Mary. 
because okay. I was doing, I guess, apparently I was mad and I only wanted to talk to the divine energy. And at the time that was the only one I knew. Right. So uh. my culture, although it, it, all of that was part of it, but I also saw what I didn't like. I also saw what I didn't like about Catholicism and what, um, what I could take from it. You know, I, I always, I'm like, I love my, my, my Jesus. I love my Holy spirit. Um, and how can I embrace that, but also broaden it so that it fits and it's more encompassing of what I believe. Oh, I love that. I have a lot of women come forth to me who have experienced a lot in their young years from religion. And I love what you say because it's like, let me take, let me receive what resonates with my heart and then anything else it's like just leave it where it is it doesn't necessarily I think that's something that's so often in our world we get conflicted around because we're like oh if I don't agree with absolutely every single thing about this it just shouldn't exist but what about let's receive the things that help us live our truth in our heart and serve more people and then let the rest of it just exist and it doesn't have to subscribe to you. That's what I'm like receiving yeah. from you. And that's so beautiful. Yeah. I, I, and of course there was a time where I was, you know, very rebellious and I was like, no, I don't, you know, I don't want anything to do, but you know, your roots are your roots. And for me, um, it, it, it did stick. There were some things that I did like, you know, I, I, I joked that when I'm really scared, you're not going to see me do my tantric mantras. You're going to see me go back to my like OG, you know, please Jesus, you know, and, and, and just, that's just me, right? Like that's just yes. me, but it's a way that I've come to love and accept about like, that's a connection to my grandmother because that's what my grandmother does to pray. And so that's a cr- connection to my mom and the way, you know, even seeing that in my husband's family, like, uh, recently our dog, you know, a Bodhi, he, um, he put a frog in his mouth and he was poisoned, obviously. Oh and so God. we were dying, like so scared. Mm. He was convulsing my hands. And then we, we got him. He's safe now. He's all good, but it was really scary. And all mm. we were doing was all praying over him. So culturally, right. The fact that they were all praying to Jesus and to the Holy spirit and that we had a similar language in that moment, because mm-hmm. I've already broken free from the paradigm of religion, but yes, the energy yes. of the love yes. that I like in it and more of a cultural connection actually yeah. helped me to feel so powerful. And I believe that prayer is magic, you know? And so, yes. you know, it was powerful. And, and so for all those reasons, you know, I, I, I've kept some of it and I've transformed some, some of the others. Mm. I absolutely love that. And I, I hope that as many people who are called to this episode hear, hear this message because I think it also can help them make peace with any part of their past or even integrate, whether it's their culture or the belief systems of their family. And again, like receive what feels like the energy that resonates and then just bless the rest. That's what I always like to say. Just bless the rest. Let it be. I love it. How would you also, I love that you are a therapist and you're also deeply, deeply, would you consider yourself an empath? Um, Do you like resonate with that or deeply sensitive spiritual? Yeah. What would you say? I, I, I resonate with both, but I would say deeply sensitive. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, deeply sensitive, just (laughs) always feeling things, but, um, but yes. Integrating that with therapy, how does that work? Like the more, let's say, and I'd love to hear about that a bit, like the, maybe the traditional, um, like left brain kind of aspects of therapy with more of that flow and like intuition. How do you find that? Because that's, I've, I think that's incredible. And I'm grateful that a therapist like you exists as well because I think it's so deeply important that when we have those the the brilliance and the wisdom of the the left brain um practices with the soul and the heart it's like to me that's like unstoppably unstoppably powerful yeah I I was so shocked I remember when I and I wrote that this little piece in the book that the word psychology actually means the study of the soul not the study of the mind. And so for me, I 
felt that that makes perfect sense. It's about integrating the soul back into your body. And, you know, there's different language to describe the same thing. And shamans have known that, you know, for centuries, right? Healers have known that for centuries. Like when you go through a deeply traumatizing event, you go through disassociation or the disconnect from the self. But in spiritual terms, your soul leaves your body. And so you have to bring the soul back into the body. And so for me, it was like, oh, this is the same thing. It's just a different language, right? Same, same thing how I see the divine. I see the divine has many different colors or shapes or sizes or mantras or words, but I believe that it's one source and one energy. And so um, similarly, um, when I was trained clinically as a therapist and I worked as a family therapist and I had to, you know, go by these certain clinical rules and I, I specifically work with child abuse cases and um, with child protection services and families helping them to teach them parenting skills and mostly with Latino, Black, um, POC communities and poor communities. And it was really beautiful because I got to see how more than anything, these people were mostly deeply spiritual people and that that wasn't being honored in a lot of their therapy. And it was too clinical for them. They needed their culture to be placed right into it. And for them, their culture was part of spirituality. So what naturally ended up happening was that some part of my personal personality, which was my interest in spirit and helping naturally came to be. And in the clinical clinical setting at first is a little bit like, okay, am I allowed? You know, you, you're not, nor, you don't share with people usually in the traditional kind of uh, therapy setting. It's really just like reflecting back to some of their experiences, but because of this perspective of the culturally sensitive perspective, there are certain moments where it's actually more effective for the client to have you personally connect them and empathize with them and share with them, obviously with intention. And so what I've seen happen is that what would normally take a long time to heal uh, or to help the client come to terms with or to navigate or to uh, release from their nervous system, we were able to do faster because I was integrating somatic practices for the trauma to actually leave the body, not just talk it out the mind and out through their mouth. And so through that, and I believe through the spiritual connection that was pouring in, it did the work too, right? Like I'm a vessel, it's coming through and, it, and it's going to fill the room. And so obviously this is all in accordance with whatever the client's spiritual beliefs are. And I'm combining them to make sure that it's a fit for them, right? And so uh, it's only been a dance. I, I feel like they fit perfectly together. And I think that there is no difference for me at this point. Like for me, it is all the same. And I would, I, I would actually say that I probably lean more towards the spiritual soul side because that's what gives me personally more strength to help people get out of situations faster, right? Like normally people in domestic violence situations, I mean, the return rate of going back and, and is so high. And even talking about relapse with my clients and kind of mapping out exactly what it's going to look like for them helps them to not go back or to go back much less and actually walk away and cultivate healthy relationships. So, and this wasn't done through just, you know, talking it out. It was done through the spiritual. It was done through the embodied practices. So I'm a big fan. Um, I really love it. And I think it's really helpful for those that resonate with that. Mm, I love it. The, the integration, as I was saying, like you moving me emotionally, like throughout our conversation is because I can feel that integration of your soul, like your, the power of your soul with your mind and your body and bringing that through in a therapy setting. Um, I, like I can just speak from personal experience. Like I've had therapists before where they just want me to talk and they're just from that very like dry, like they're not relating to me as a whole person. And no matter what, no matter someone's beliefs or whatever they ascribe to mentally, we all know we have energy. We all know there's something deeper and um, making sure that we have that connection and that, that um, relationship to our soul is so important. And then for you to hold that space safely is just everything. I love it. And remember that a lot of, you know, what we've learned, again, 
came from very clinical, dry, white male perspectives, yes. also consumed by the patriarchy, mm-hmm. where they fear deeper emotions and connectivity. And of course, there needs to be healthy boundaries and all of those things need to be set. And obviously, those are ethical practices. And it depends mm-hmm. on the client and what they're coming in with, right? Yeah. But for a high-functioning client that is able to have healthy boundaries and awareness of reality, you're able to actually share and relate in different ways. And, and so, you know, I work mostly with the cap of being a spiritual guide and a, and a coach um, with a clinical training and therapy that informs the work that I do because it gives me more freedom to just be, you know? And I remember one of my um, supervisors in my clinical program as a therapist, she's this, a black woman named Dr. Grace. And she said, you know, from her perspective and from her culture and from all the people that she's worked with, which were mostly POC or people that have gone through extreme trauma, Mm. was that love was one of the things that no one talked about in her sessions that she believed Mm. was what healed her clients. And she was like, you know, being very mindful to say this, not this the kind of romantic love. It's the divine kind of love that you fill the room. And that's warm. Like you said, that's like a warm feeling. And when people are healing, they need a little bubble, a context of warmth, especially if they weren't given warmth in their childhood. Yes. So I think it's uh, beautiful. And with, when done properly and with, um, you know, wise training and knowing who to do that with and how, it can be really... Um, drastically improve kind of the success rate for healing. Absolutely. How do you find, I know that you mentioned you yourself moving through sexual abuse in childhood and, um, emotional and physical abuse. mm. Yeah, it was not, it was, it, it wasn't sexual. It was emotional and physical, but it was, it was emotionally sexual. And it's something that I talk about a lot where it's like, you're picking up on the energy of like Mm. things that shouldn't be around, but it's not directed. So it's different, but definitely physical, verbal, emotional abuse. That was my story. My apologies. I must've switched. That was something that you mentioned, but for anyone who has experienced any form of trauma or abuse in whether they're young years or teens or 20s, any time, where do we begin like that path of, of healing? And I, I imagine you're going to really go into this in, in IMDOSA, but where, yeah. if any of my listeners are in the thick or they have a child or a friend, where do we begin? Because I feel like that can feel so like you're in the forest, like where do you point your, your aims and your means? I think the first thing to do um, is to say out loud or to yourself, right? Or writing it down, but just having some real acceptance of, I went through something I shouldn't have gone through. Mm. I didn't deserve this. Mm. Is probably the most forgiving, loving, healing thing you can say to yourself. I went through trauma. I went through this abuse. I didn't deserve this mm-hmm. because the first instinct subconsciously is that we did deserve it somehow, even mm-hmm. if we don't consciously think we're saying that to ourselves. And so telling ourselves, I didn't deserve this and it was wrong mm-hmm. and they were sick and they were bad and they were really fucked up for doing that to me. Mm-hmm. There is no excuse. You know, I don't believe in, um, you know, this kind of, uh, what is the word that I'm looking for? Like a radical or like a opinion about like, you don't have to forgive your user. You don't have to forgive you. You have to find a time when it's your time, whenever you heal your process to maybe not walk around with the weight of it and let it stop your life because you deserve to live the life that you were meant to live. No matter who was mentally ill, fucked up, you know, uh, not safe, but Ultimately, that first step is saying to yourself and validating that something bad did happen to you and that you didn't deserve it. And then after that, giving yourself permission to say, you know, I'm going to ask for help in whatever way that is, you know, whether that is um, that your first step is through a licensed therapist. Maybe the first step is a book that brings you to your therapist. Um, Something I, I mentioned in the book is this is a wonderful book to bring to your therapist to answer the questions with someone, to go only as deep as you can go and then bring it into someone that you could do the work with. So 
because it's not something that you need to do alone. You know, it's not. And I think that so, so many times we try to do things alone that really need support. Mm. And so whether it's community groups, um, calling a hotline, do whatever is in your means to do financially and emotionally, but definitely after you admit that to yourself, get some sort of support. Yes. I think that's what can prolong the healing process. I, I speak only from my own experiences when I was like, oh, I can, when it's something really deep, it's like, oh, I can do this on my own. And then I, I really, I'm fascinated as a deeply empathic spiritual woman. I really love hearing like clinical, uh, not so much clinical, but like, let's just say the, I don't, what did you, you mentioned something so cool. I think I wrote it down. Um, earlier. Yes. Can you talk a little bit about that? Because I think in the healing process, would you say that is a part of it where you just yes. go into that? It is. And that's why I like to normalize people experience, people's experiences instead of saying like, you know, you didn't, it, it's too shallow of an idea, although some level of it is true to say you attracted this, right? Because it puts the blame on you. So what happens is, is like the way the brain works is, right? It's like downloading information like a computer. Mm -hmm. And so even if something is not actually safe for your nervous system, but it's familiar for your nervous system, Mm -hmm. it will go out, especially when there's unfinished business. So unfinished Mm -hmm. business is essentially you had something happen in your childhood and there was no closure. There was no completion. There's an open wound left there, right? So what happens? Your brain goes on a little hunt to replicate that original injury now. Mm-hmm. So maybe before it was, you know, dad abandoned you. And then later on, it looks like, well, that was an original injury that wasn't treated. So what ends up happening? Your brain goes into a room and you subconsciously pick the person, right? That will abandon you mm-hmm. in an attempt to replay that pattern and say, maybe this time I'll get it right. The problem is, right, and again, this is no one's fault. It's the way the brain works. A, understanding that gives you some information. But like, oh my God, this is what's happening to my brain, right? Mm-hmm. And B, being like, okay, so I can't face this lesson unless I have a new tool, unless I have a new perspective, unless I change in some way. Something needs to shift in order to actually repair that. And so... That's why it's important to notice where are those compulsions in our life? Where are those repetitions in our life? And in the book, I walk you through, you know, uh, the main one for, for a lot of the clients that I went through that I, that I talked to with romantic relationships and picking people that were toxic or not good for you or not feeling lovable, not feeling good enough and replaying the cycle over and over and then saying, okay, like this is part of the process. And ultimately it comes back to how can I learn to love myself feel safe within myself and choose better people, right? Choose people that are actually going to nurture you better. But up until now, I think that most of us do need to go through that process, right? Again, these are one of those things that I do think that eventually things will start to shift as we get more information. I think we are, we're able to skip certain lessons, but right now we still go through that as an initiation of like, coming back home to ourselves. So don't be discouraged if you're in that phase. Just know that it is normal and um, you will be guided through steps where you're able to recognize it and not only mentally, but spiritually be able to release it so that you can slowly start finding healthier ways of relating so that you don't keep replicating that original injury. Oh, and as you're sharing this, babe, it I keep hearing something that Psalm taught about the spiral. And she used to say that you, you may feel like you're, you're going up against the exact same issue, but understand and remember that you are like spiraling up and out of it. And maybe like the bottom of that spiral is that maybe the beginning of the trauma or the beginning of this deep seated pain. But as you, you replicate it and you continue with it and repeat it, you, you, you're making your way out of it. So that's, that's so cool. And I, and I, I have, I, I can imagine, I mean, as you're sharing this, I can, it's bringing me so much peace because it really helps when we can contextualize like, 
oh, okay, I'm not insane or I wasn't crazy. I wasn't damaged. It's just, that is the process of healing. Yes, that that's it. This is the process of healing. And I even have a whole part in my book that talks about the relapse journey on emotional relapse, not just from drugs and alcohol, but like you walk away from toxic relation, you might slip and get back up. There's a whole little formula that I have for people to normalize that. It's just part of the process. Mm, And that brings so much peace. When is your book coming out, my love? Yeah, so right now it is available for Mm -hmm. pre-orders. Wherever books are sold, you get beautiful gifts straight to your email when you um, get the book. I put a lot of love into the gifts. Um, And then it is officially out August 25th, 2020. Well, that's brilliant because I believe this episode will air right around then. So even better. (laughs) That's perfect. (laughs) Instant access. Where can my beautiful women here find you and connect with you more deeply? My website has all the things, all the information, christineg.tv and Instagram, Cosmic Christine. Cosmic Christine. We'll put all of the resources and the link to purchase the book in the show notes. Babe, I I cannot thank you enough for your for who you are, like everything that you've moved through in your life and your incarnations to build this powerful spiritual goddess warrior that I got to talk with today. Thank you so much. This has been incredible. I'm really grateful. Thank you. This has been one of my favorite interviews. I need it. Like I felt oh, so much love. Thank you. I'm so glad. It's so beautiful to just hold space with a powerful woman. Thank you all so much for tuning in. Love you guys. See you soon. Thank you, Mama. If this episode has served you, I ask you to share it, to send it to someone where it could make a big difference and and help them heal or create a new perspective in their life. Please tag me with your shares, um, something you learned from this episode or that you loved from this episode at Natalia underscore Benson on Instagram. Also, please DM me with questions or feedback or whatever. I love to stay in touch with you. Thank you so much for your support. Consider subscribing to this podcast, leaving me a five-star review so we can continue to grow together. Thank you so much. I will see you very soon. Thank you.